Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. The questions this week are about dealing with potty training regression. What to do when you've potty trained and all seems on track and then it's not anymore. Your toddler seems to have lost interest and is now instead having accidents. The second question came about due to another episode where I talked about internal motivation versus external motivation. And so a mom wants some clarification on that fine line between not giving too much attention for things our kids should do anyway, versus when the positive feedback will be helpful in getting kids to be more cooperative. I also thought it would be fun and informative to share what parenting issue I am currently focusing on in our house and what I'm doing to tackle the problem. I'll put that at the end, so if you're interested, you can keep listening, and if not, you can stop after I answer the questions of the week. Before I get to the questions, I wanted to let everyone know that I just put up a poll on our Facebook page to find out what new information you would like to see next. Early next month, I'll be releasing the class on helping children deal with anger and aggression, but since I get so many questions on that. But going forward, I'd like to know what topics you look forward to learning about. So go to the Your Village Facebook page and you'll see the poll pinned to the top of the page. Choose one of the five classes I have listed there or you can add your own ideas in the comments or do both. Check one you like and also feel free to make a suggestion or two of your own. I'd love to hear from you. So the first question is from Jessica and Luis. Hello, I hope this note finds you well. My husband and I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago and we love it. We are reaching out because of potty issues with my first son, G. G is three years old, and we could potty train him to the point where he poops in the potty. However, 
From a few weeks ago, he started to pee a few drops on himself before telling us that he needs to pee, or completely wetting himself and keeps playing or going on with his life. Indeed, he started preschool two days ago. Also, he peed on himself both days in the playground without telling the teacher that he needed to go to the restroom. I'm very frustrated because he knows when he needs to go and still pees himself. Another piece of information is that we just had a second son, which is one month and three weeks. We suspect that he's doing that to call our attention, but we do not know how to help him. I hope you can give us some advice because the teachers are not supposed to be changing his peed clothes and I'm concerned that he might be kicked out of the program. Preschool at a private school. So Jessica, this very well could be attention seeking behavior. May not be, but it sounds like it is a big possibility. So whether it's conscious or subconscious, because it is very common to have regressions in potty training, particularly if the potty training is somewhat new after the birth of a new sibling for this very reason. Here is this new baby in the house who gets lots of attention, not just from mom and dad, but from grandparents, aunts, neighbors, friends, you name it, for doing nothing but sleeping, eating, pooping, and crying. Yet here's big brother who can walk, talk, play, feed himself, use the potty, and has accomplished so many other things. Now we as adults understand and appreciate this and how much the older sibling has developed, but from his point of view, he may be feeling unappreciated or in some instances, even replaced. So I'll give some tips on working on that piece in a moment. But first I wanna say that many times in these scenarios, the behavior only changes at home or mostly at home because this is where he's trying or hoping to get attention. But at school, it doesn't always hold true. Now I know you said he had a couple accidents at school, so it sounds like this isn't holding true in his case, but hopefully this will turn around quicker at school because everyone is expected to be using the potty fairly well, so there's more incentive and interest in fitting in with the peers. So you may see this turnaround at school quickly and easily than it is at home. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about how to talk with the school and work with the school, some things you can do, because they don't wanna lose him as a student. So I would imagine they'll be flexible and give some time to work through this. Now dealing with this as far as it relates to the potty training piece, you want to give gentle reminders. If you see he gets a drop leaking through, just simply say, it looks like you need to use the potty. Please go finish emptying yourself out in the toilet. Then give him responsibility for cleaning himself up if he has a full accident, or even when he gets a little bit of pee into his underwear and shorts. He needs to change his own underwear and his shorts or pants. Now you want to make sure he has lots of pants that are easy to take up and down, no buttons or zippers things like sweats or shorts that just have the elastic band so that he can do this really easily on his own. Same thing if he's dancing or holding his penis, just remind him to use the potty, but don't ask, just tell. Don't say, do you need to use the potty? Because invariably the answer will be no. Just say, I can see you need to use the potty, please go now. Now, if he insists that he doesn't need to go, you can just use the no choice choice. Do you want to go by yourself or would you like me to come with you? Additionally, you can remind him that if he has an accident, he will need to stop what he's doing and go get himself cleaned up. So he might as well just go try. Now, this is the other reason that he may be having these accidents. It could be related to the new sibling. It could be related to just getting busy and not wanting to stop. It's, it's very common in toddlerhood to just be busy and frankly, going to the potty just isn't that important to them in that moment. They wanna keep playing. So he's going to have to stop to clean up. 
he might as well stop and go use the potty. It's shorter, it's quicker, it's easier, takes less time, and he's going to have to do one of those two things anyway. Now kids are smart and they will figure out ways to get their needs met. So if this is about getting attention, and I'm not saying he's doing it on purpose, this may be completely subconscious on his part. He just knows he wants more attention and what easier way to get it than to ignore going to the bathroom. It's the low hanging fruit for most of us parents or for the kids of us parents. We don't like accidents. We don't like cleaning it up. We have an aversion to seeing that pee seep through their clothes. And so we tend to react and therefore give attention pretty quickly and easily when we notice it. So when it comes to working to circumvent this, his working to get attention from having an accident, instead you wanna work on giving lots of attention for positive things, especially things he can do that the baby cannot. He can help pick up toys. He can get things for you and bring them to you. You wanna to work to engage him as your big kid helper. Don't expect it, but offer it. Then show that it's important that he can help and let him know how helpful he is. Have him help with all kinds of tasks like picking out apples at the grocery store to carrying things in from the car, whether it's his own stuff or something out of the grocery bag or what have you. But then give him lots of attention for that. Thank you so much for getting the apples. That was so helpful. Only big boys get to help do stuff like that. This is a big one. Spend some one-on-one -on -one time with him. Both you and your husband, if you can, meaning one at a time, not both of you together. That can be a little hard. If you can, great, but not necessary. This doesn't have to be anything big and fancy. It can be playing together on the floor. It could be reading a book. It could be running an errand. If you want, and you can, throw in a trip to the park or something special like an afternoon snack or treat at a local bakery, coffee shop, etc. These small efforts will go a long way in helping him feel secure in his place in the family. So if he is doing it to get the attention, it will start to diminish his need to do that. Also, when visitors come over, ask them to first come say hello to your son and not rush right over to the baby. The baby will never know, but your son does. Have grandma give G a hug and say hello and ask him a few things before going over to gush over the baby. That type of thing. I also feel like it's important to mention here that the class on sibling rivalry could be extremely helpful for you in this early stage with the new baby in the house because that class covers a lot of ways from the time a new baby first comes home all the way through their childhood to make that connection strong between siblings. There's a lot of things that we do as parents that sometimes will inadvertently actually create strife and trouble in that relationship. And so there's a lot of great things we can do to really connect our kids. And, you know, I regret that I don't have a great relationship with my siblings. And I know I was a child, so that wasn't really um, much I could do about that. But, you know, I just think those sibling relationships are really important. And if we can help our kids make those strong and keep them strong throughout life, like there's no one else in life who's going to understand what we went through as a child, and I don't mean negative, but just experiences that we've had as a child and those formative years more than your own siblings. And so those relationships are just, they're really special, really near and dear. And I'm, I'm constantly reminding my kids of that when they tend to get into it with each other, especially my twins. 
because so many people say, I wish I had a twin. I wish I had a twin. I don't know anyone who's never said they wish they had a twin and they have that. It's a very special gift. And so we want to do everything we can to preserve that relationship, to build it, grow it, and then preserve it as they get older and really foster it. And that class is, of course, at yourvillageonline.com under the modern family section. If there are struggles at school, if they continue as well as they are at home, talk it over with them. Let them know your plan and that you're working on it. Let them know that you're pretty sure the new baby in the house has turned G's world a little upside down and so the potty training has regressed a little bit. They don't want to lose you and they should be very understanding of the child development and should have some leeway in working with these issues. Now, the other thing is if you bring the changes of clothes and he goes and does it himself, cleans himself up, takes the wet clothes off, puts the clean ones on and puts them in a bag, does that eliminate the issue of them having to deal with touching the soiled clothes? Also keep in mind that like many things, potty training is a developmental process. As frustrating as it is to see our kids make progress in it and then go backwards, there are reasons. In this case, most likely due to attention after a new sibling enters the family. In other cases, sometimes kids aren't quite ready or something happens in a public restroom and it scares them. And so to avoid that again, they regress. There's many different reasons kids regress. But when kids struggle with potty training, be it initially or in a regression, while there are things we can do to encourage, in the end, we cannot and should not force or press the issue because it will just backfire and make the regression more ingrained and the toddler more determined to keep control of their own process. It will happen with encouragement and support in their own time. Now this is very different from other areas of parenting and expectation. We can offer choices and set deadlines for other things like getting into the car before we leave for errands or school or cleaning up after themselves or finishing their homework no playing with your friends until your homework is complete. In these areas, we can set logical consequences and even put in a negative consequence if we get pushed too far. No more Mrs. Nice Guy, right? But potty training is very different. You wanna think of it along the same lines as setting a consequence for not walking yet or not falling down too many times after we think they actually learned to walk. It sounds absurd in that context. We can hold their hands if they'll let us when they're learning how to walk to give them a little extra support and balancing. We can tell them it's okay, let's try again, but we'd never try to force our toddler to walk. So for any parents feeling very frustrated with the potty training process, try to think of it more like another developmental milestone and how you help your toddler with that, to walk or talk. And that should help relieve the stress and let it happen with positive support in their own time frame. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. 
air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Now, looking back at my own children's potty training process, I pushed my oldest too hard too early before he was really ready. At first, my mom would make negative comments about he wasn't potty trained yet and he should be. And I let that influence me. But also with two infants and a toddler in cloth diapers, I was ready to have my oldest done with it. But I was working on my timeline and not being respectful of his. In the end, it took a long time to get him potty trained, but it's because I started trying to get him trained way too early for where he was in his own development. So my other lesson that's so important is don't worry about what other people's kids are doing or what other people are saying or thinking. Allow your child to develop at their pace. Encourage, but don't force. Now, my daughter potty trained herself at just past her second birthday. Her big brother was potty trained, and she wanted to be potty trained, too. It was very early, but she wanted it, so I supported her. Now, her twin brother was past three years old and still not ready. At three and a quarter years, three years and three months, I got everything ready. The potty, the potty toys, the books, started reading, started doing all the pre-readiness, pre-potty signs, the whole process to kind of get him excited and into it and thinking about it. Then we got to the day we were in underwear and trying and he never made it to the potty. He didn't get a single drop of pee in the potty. 
he'd make it almost to the potty or he'd sit on the potty for a few minutes and then he'd get up and he'd pee after he got up on the floor right beside it, a few steps away. We tried for about four days and with zero success. So I stopped and I just let him know when he was ready, we'd try again. I waited about three months and we tried again. Guess what? He was a perfect little potty trainer. He went every time I took him and had zero accidents. And I mean zero, not a drop in his underwear ever after that day. That kid has literally never had a pee accident since he was potty trained. It was just about timing, his timing. Now, what was frustrating at that time, but kind of funny now, is that his twin sister, the one who potty trained herself at two, started having accidents. It was like, well, now that everyone else can do it, it's not so special anymore. So she just stopped being as diligent about getting herself to the potty. She had accidents off and on for probably six to nine months. She'd go great for three or four days, and then she'd have accidents for a few days in a row. And then she'd be good for a couple days, and then she'd have accidents. I remember being pretty frustrated at the time. Now, one last thing to keep in mind for parents who are considering or who have been frustrated with the potty training is that boys tend to train later than girls. Girls are usually ready around two and a half to three, while boys are commonly more like three to three and a half, but these are just averages, so it doesn't mean if your daughter has reached three, you need to start putting the pressure on. It's not uncommon to have a girl who isn't ready until she's four. So don't feel like your child is behind or there's something wrong if she or he is older than the average and still not taking to the process yet. Now the class on potty training covers what pre-readiness signs are for potty training and lots of fun things you can do during that stage to get your toddler excited about the idea of potty training. Then the readiness signs that they're really ready to start the real potty training process along with three potty training methods then troubleshooting and working with all the issues that can go along with potty training, such as regression, fear of public restrooms, potty training during travel, and even how to manage running errands and outings while in the midst of potty training. And that's on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the health and development section. The next question is from Angela, who is looking for some clarification about praise versus encouragement, especially when it comes to things we already expect from our children. Angela says, hi, Erin. Thank you so much for your time you take to do the podcast. I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm more confident in the decisions I make for our two-year-old daughter, Grayson. So Grayson is two. She'll be 29 months on October 3rd. So she's now 29 months. She's amazing, fun, silly, smart, creative, independent, etc. My question is regarding praise, self-confidence, self-esteem. I know you've had episodes about this in the past and pretty recently too. I found myself questioning myself more. So normally when she does a behavior I like, such as picking up her toys when I ask or using good manners, I almost always give her recognition for it because I want to help her recognize what good behaviors are. I'll say something along the lines of, thank you so much for picking up your toys. That was very helpful. I try to keep it to descriptive praise like you've talked about, but I do let the evaluative praise slip in there. Oops. So in your most recent episode that I listened to called Instilling Confidence in Kids, you talked about not praising our kids for things that are expected of them because then they're doing those things for the external motivation of praise rather than for internal motivation. And this is something I want to avoid. So I guess I was wondering if you could talk about that line between praising our little one's behavior 
that we want to see more of and overpraising to the point it becomes external motivation for them. Does that make sense? Where she's only two, I didn't know if there was an approximate age where I could phase it out or tone it down. I also want to add that sometimes she does amazingly well at doing what I ask her to do, and other times it's like pulling teeth. For the more difficult times, like getting her to pick up her toys, should I keep pushing the issue until she does it or give up and try again later? I do try to make it fun, but I also don't know if I'm expecting too much by wanting a two-year-old to pick up her toys every time I ask her to. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer my question. I appreciate it. So this is a great question, Angela, and questions like this really help me see where and how I might not be giving the information as clearly or fully as I meant to. So thank you for asking this clarifying question. First, we all let that evaluative praise slip in there sometimes. It's not going to undo all the other work you've done, so don't feel bad when it happens. The last thing I want is for parents to feel like they have to always be 100% on the ball and on their toes with everything they're doing and saying, like no yelling ever, no descriptive praise ever. We all do both. We're human, we get tired, we get distracted. We do something that doesn't reflect the usual way we interact and that's okay. So since Grayson is now heading on two and a half, so your descriptive praise, or also what I call encouragement, will center around things you would like to see from a two and a half year old, which is honestly pretty much any positive behavior. I think picking up toys when you're done is a big plus and not to be expected at her age. Wait until you hear about my current struggle with my seven and nine year olds. Now she's really at the very beginning of starting to build her life skills. She's learned to walk, take direction, probably two to three step directions. Her language is still in rapid development. Her physical skills are still in rapid development, both fine and gross motor. She's also in the opposition phase, which means you say up and she says down. So getting cooperation, especially right off the bat, meaning the first time you ask at this age is amazing and should be given positive attention. So I would say any behavior she exhibits that you wanna see more of, encourage away. If you give an I'm proud of you or that makes mommy happy every once in a while, don't sweat it. If it's all the time or really often, then we make a note to switch it around, rephrase it in that moment and then work on a new habit. So if you said, it makes me so happy when you clean up your toys the first time I ask, hopefully everyone can see why that builds external motivation because it's about mom's happiness and making someone else happy. The child's feeling of accomplishment are hung on something external to themselves, someone else's reaction, someone else's happiness. Then just quickly afterwards, you could say, thank you for cleaning up the first time. That is very helpful. So even though you got that evaluative praise in there, you're going back and giving some descriptive praise right after to remind yourself the next time of that new habit. Now, just to reiterate the concept for those who are new to listening and haven't heard any other episodes about this, This is descriptive praise. Okay, the descriptive praise, thank you for cleaning up the first time, that is very helpful, is descriptive because we're describing what the child is doing and we're labeling it. Describing, thank you for cleaning up your toys the first time and then labeling it, that is very helpful. We do this to help them internalize the trait. They are helpful. When our children see themselves as helpful, hear that we find them helpful or caring, responsible, etc. Then they do more things that embody that trait. They do more things that are helpful or caring or responsible. 
It's okay to give a value to praise every so often when you really mean it, when they have gone above and beyond any expectations. So for instance, I did tell my nine-year-old I was proud of him the other day. He worked so hard selling that popcorn, that dang popcorn for his Cub Scout pack, going out to sell in the evenings after two hours of swim practice. He's blowing it away in fourth grade, both in academics and behavior in the classroom, and I am proud of him. And so I said so, and I told him why. We all like to hear those things every once in a while. As far as phasing it out, it won't get phased out for a long time, but it will change over the years. Thank you for bringing your sock to me turns into thank you for helping me cook or thank you for picking up your toys the first time I asked turns into thank you for starting on your homework the first time I asked. Even now with my husband, when he does something I appreciate, I tell him. He took care of all the details for our short little getaway a couple weeks ago, including getting a dog sitter set up. I didn't have to worry about or take time away from my ridiculously full plate to take care of any of the details for that. And so I appreciated it and I told him, thank you for taking care of all the arrangements for our getaway. I really appreciate it. So now I thought it would be fun (laughs) to share a little of the biggest hurdle we're facing down in our house. But before I do, I just want to quickly remind everyone to go to our Facebook page and vote in our poll for the class you'd like to see next. While you're there, if you haven't already, like our page and be sure to choose to get notifications. Otherwise, you won't see our posts. So I'm really working with our oldest on this. The youngest, I work with them as well. But I have expectations of my oldest at this point with this struggle we're having. And that is leaving his stuff around everywhere. Wrappers from snacks, shoes, water bottles, you name it. He leaves his stuff everywhere. So I am really working with him on my expectations for getting himself ready, keeping his stuff together, putting his shoes away so he knows where to find them, really working on helping him become more aware and responsible. And it is a definite struggle. And before he'll do something, I will say it. I'll see him. I had his friends over yesterday after school. And they all took snacks out to the trampoline, like snack bars and that kind of thing. And I said to them before they went out, I don't mind you taking them out, but I need you to bring in the trash from your snacks when you're done. I knew this would happen. Of course, they all came in. I saw them all come in without anything in their hands. And I knew they had all left their wrappers out by the trampoline. Now, there were four of them. There were my two oldest and then my younger son and his friend because they're friends with two brothers that are in the same age group. So I had them all stop what they were doing, turn around, go back outside and get the wrappers and throw them away. They were all very gracious, went and did it without giving me any trouble. So this is what we're working on right now. The expectation that you clean up after yourself, you keep track of your own stuff, you keep track of your own homework, you get in your backpack, you get yourself ready in the morning. So this is what I'm really focusing on right now, especially with the oldest. The younger two are seven, turning eight next month. I don't expect that as much. I'll just remind them. My oldest, I now expect this from him because when he turns 10, I am then going to expect that he is going to pack his own lunches every day. I'm going to work with him on that. He's going to have to pick out healthy foods and pack his own lunches. So as a precursor or as something else to concentrate on right now, we're working on keeping himself organized and cleaned up. So this is going to start with a family meeting and talk about 
what the expectations are, what I need from him. We're going to write out the morning schedule because he's great about some of it, but he is forgetting to do things like brush his teeth, feed the dogs, to get his water bottle ready and his lunch bag into his lunch, into his backpack every day. So we're going to write that out. We're going to put it out. He's going to have to do all of those things himself. And then really working on the picking up the snack papers, picking up the shoes. Part of this is going to be me being responsible and literally following him around when he first comes in from school and making sure that he puts his shoes in the proper place, one place in the laundry room, we have another place by the front door to leave the shoes instead of just dropping them in the family room. And then when I see them, making him stop what he's doing and come pick up whatever it is instead of picking up after him because that's not going to teach him anything. If he drops it and leaves it and I go pick it up for him, then he has no incentive whatsoever to actually take care of his own responsibilities. If I make him stop doing what he's doing, whatever that is, and coming and cleaning up the mess that he didn't clean up like he was supposed to, he's going to finally get it in his little head that he does need to pick it up and it's much easier to do it the first time when you're there or when you finish than having to stop what you're doing and come back to do it later. And then we'll revisit with another family meeting. If we're struggling with it, we'll get some brainstorming ideas, I'll work with him, on what he thinks would be a helpful way so that he can remember to start doing these things on his own for himself. And speaking of my oldest, he actually walked in while I was recording this podcast last night. And so I have a little, I guess you would call it a little blooper reel at the end of this podcast after the music for anyone who would like to hear that little blooper. Nothing too exciting. It's just him walking in and saying hi. Um, But it was kind of cute. So I'm just throwing it on the end um, for something else fun and new. And also, don't forget about the poll on our Facebook page, the Your Village Facebook page. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.